Welcome to a Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers, joined by John DeShazer. John was on hand in Charlotte for the Saints' loss against the Carolina Panthers, 26-7 in that one. John, we're going to be joined by one of the Saints' legends, Archie Manning, former quarterback from 1971 to 82. Really looking forward to his take on how the Saints are doing on some other topics. But first, let's kind of break down what you saw in the Saints' loss there in Charlotte. Well, I mean, really a polar opposite of what we saw in, in the season opener. It was just a difficult go-over for the Saints. Um, as early as they dominated Green Bay on the offensive and defensive lines was pretty much how thoroughly it turned on them against Carolina. Carolina has some great blitz teams. Um, they just overloaded in different positions. And <laughs> I don't know if we really, really fully understood and appreciated how vast the absence of Eric McCoy was and is at center. And you asked Cesar Ruiz to go in as a second year player, first NFL start at center, and to ask him to, to make some difficult decisions and so, you know, that, that requires a lot of wisdom and vision. And when, when McCoy was a, was a rookie, he had the benefit of having Drew Brees. So Drew Brees, a, a veteran quarterback, could kind of set those protection schemes for him if he struggled any. Well, Jameis Winston is a veteran quarterback, but I'm not sure he's, you know, pretty all, all the way versed in the Saints protection schemes. And then, obviously, Cesar Ruiz is not so... You know, it was just a difficult day up front, uh, both sides. And then, the, you know, defensively, they couldn't – outside of Peyton Turner, I don't know that they got a lot of pressure on Sam Darnold at quarterback for Carolina. So, if you get that combination in the NFL, it's going to be hard to win. It's going to be hard to win. The Saints couldn't run the ball. And, and you know, you, you factor all that stuff together, and, and you're talking about a recipe for struggling in, in a game. I think that I was most surprised by the line play, the inability to get Jameis Winston time and – really develop any type of offensive rhythm there, knowing that most of the people that were out were on the defensive side of the ball. But good point on Eric McCoy there at center. Jameis Winston did talk about communication being an issue throughout the game yesterday and how he needs to develop in that area. Every player took responsibility about different things that needed to be fixed. One of those issues were the penalties. 11 penalties for 115 penalty yards is not going to help anybody win a ball game. Any bright spots? You mentioned Peyton Turner. Anything that we can hold on to here as Saints fans and, and look forward to in the next week? Well, Peyton Turner being one, you clutch to uh, the defense, I think, came around the third quarter and played yeah. pretty well in that third quarter. And, and special teams, special teams was good all day. Now, you know, they they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, it got to a certain point where you almost felt like Deontay Harris needed to pop a punt return or a kickoff return to get him on the scoreboard. But Carl Granderson blocking a field goal attempt. Um, Blake Gilligan having a really good game uh, as a punter. I thought those were things that, you know, we've come to expect for the Saints. But, you know, if you're looking for bright spots, the special teams played well. Uh, the defense played well in that quarter. Now, obviously, that's something that they had to they, – they've got to get from the beginning – uh, because it was one of those games where you noticed early the Saints were going to have difficulty on offense, moving the ball and scoring. And so complimentary football, your defense has probably got to step up a little bit earlier and get some more stops and get off the field because the further the hole is or the deeper the hole is, 
uh, the more difficult it is for an offense that's struggling. And sooner or later, that offense is going to get a little bit desperate and start taking a few more chances than it probably ordinarily would. So I'm sure the defense will tell you, look, we, we let, let the offense down, and I'm sure the offense will tell you uh, we let the defense down, and neither one of them would be inaccurate. Time of possession became a big storyline in this one. The Saints only having the ball for around 21 minutes and the Panthers over 37 minutes. That is going to be tough on a defense to be able to withstand their effort and play, especially with the heat there in Carolina. You know, Coach Payton said that it was natural for the defense to deteriorate as the game went on. Lots of things that they're going to look at and hopefully fix in the the next week. They are, again, going to be in Fort Worth practicing at TCU for the next week, heading into the game at New England against the Patriots. And then the team will finally come back home. So hopefully we can end on a high note in New England and then bring it back here. I know we're all excited to get them back in the Superdome for that next game after that. John, really excited about our guest here. Former Saints quarterback, Archie Manning, obviously has a lot of ties to the area. His son, his both of his sons have played in the NFL and then his grandson now playing in the area, Arch. So we're going to bring him in and have a, a great fun conversation. Archie, it's great to have you on the podcast today. It's a big day for you. One day after the 50th anniversary of your first game with the Saints, what do you remember about that first game and that first season in the NFL? Well, the fact that it's been 50 years, uh, I guess I should uh, feel pretty good about the fact I can't remember a few few things there. <laughs> Possibly uh, because we won, uh, which didn't happen real often uh, during those during those years. Um, football football's changed so much. Uh, over, over time. And, uh, so we were coming off training camp and, you know, first, first game of the year. I've always said though, there's, there's nothing like opening day, yeah, opening day in the NFL. I, I think baseball is kind of the same way, you know, opening day. I've been to a few of those. Uh, I, I think it's really special. And I guess, especially when you're, you're a rookie, your, your eyes are big and your stomach's kind of churning a little bit and kind of a dream to do this. And you're fi- finally there, but, as I said, things were so different back in those days. The, the preseason was long. Uh, we, had, we had played six preseason games. That's, that's a lot of preseason games. And, uh, of course, being a rookie, I was the number one draft choice. And uh, I had played some during, during the preseason. Uh, then I got hurt. Uh, my first, first game in Old Tulane Stadium, I think it was our third preseason game, they had dugouts. And um, dugouts on the visitors uh, side and, and the home side, we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who were, had just won a Super Bowl in New Orleans just a couple of years before. But I got knocked into the dugout over on the visitor side, and I messed up my foot. I didn't get to play for a, for a couple of weeks, and I, I needed to play. If, if they're going to throw me in there in the NFL as a rookie, I definitely needed to play um, for, for many reasons. Um, one, because coming out of college, I didn't really play in a pro system. I was more of a sprint-out quarterback, and the drop-back passing game was kind of new to me. So anyway, um, I did get to play a little bit in our last preseason game, which was against uh, Houston. Saints always played the Oilers in the last preseason game. And and then, though, they declared me the starter uh, the, the next week. So uh, 
I guess that was the good news. The bad news were playing the Rams, who were kind of the kingpins of our division. And uh, they roll into town and, um, you know, full house in, in Tulane Stadium. Very exciting. All the – everything that's going on with the pregame. But it was a real hot day. That's the thing – one of the things I remember the most. It was really hot and probably had something to do with us being able to upset the Rams that day. Uh, you know, West Coast team – really didn't like to come into New Orleans in, in September and play in the heat and humidity. Yeah, I don't know if anybody likes to play in it right now either, RG. Hey, you mentioned you were a, a sprint-out quarterback in college. Do you kind of look at today's game and say, you know what, I'm, I might have been a little bit ahead of my time. I might have fit a little bit better right now. Probably so, John. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I've well, you know, really, the, the college game right now, the read option and the way the quarterbacks operate, um, I, what I, I've never said anything bragging to my kids, I, I don't think. But one day, Eli and I were watching a college game together. I was up in New York for a Giants game. And it's Saturday afternoon, and we're watching a college game. And uh, it was Johnny Manziel playing at Texas A&M, who, who was phenomenal. And uh, I just told Eli out of the blue, I said, Eli, I would have been really good in that offense because it really, that, that kind of offense really fit, uh, you know, I think my, my abilities. And so, yeah, I had a big transition coming, in, coming into pro ball because we, we very seldom dropped back at Ole Miss. A couple of games where we got behind and were throwing every down, we did some dropbacks. But our general offense was, was kind of the running game sprint out pass, bootlegs, play action on the run, and, and that type of thing. And I still – they still did some of that with the with the, with the the Saints. Um, the other thing was a lot different in those days. We called our own plays. Most quarterbacks called – I think just about everybody uh, called their own plays. So that, that, that was even kind of a more – a little more pressure on me uh, to opening day, you know, to – be calling the plays. I got I got guys in the huddle with me. I'm 22. I got guys in the huddle with me that day. They're 34 and 35 years old. That's that's really different, you know. Or, and guys who had played. I think Jake Cup was my left guard. Jake had to be in about his 11th and 12th uh, year. So that's really different, you know. But I'm sitting there calling plays and telling what to do to a to a 34, you know, a 12 year veteran, a 34 year old guy. So a lot of it was a huge transition, a lot of adjustments to make. And we're talking about, the John, the, the sprint outs and everything. A lot of times during that season, and actually at the end of that game that day, I reverted back to some of my college plays. <laughs> I'm calling the plays. I call some sprint outs. Now, you mentioned Eli in there, which gives us a natural transition. Eli and Peyton on Monday Night Football. Um, what do you think? Because those two guys – are really funny. They're funny separate, but put them together, and that's that's almost a comedy show as they're entertain as they're informing you about the game. Did, did you well, watch them, and what did you think? Yeah, I watched. We watched it. Livy and I watched it. I don't. I don't know if you heard at the end of the game. Livy texts. She, she didn't mean for it to be put on the air. She texts. <laughs> uh, there's a girl that was in the studio, part, you know, part of NFL Films, ESPN, that we've known through our football camp, and and uh, she had texted me. Uh, kind of behind the scenes and Livia said at tell her to tell Peyton to quit scratching his head Peyton was talking different times and he was going to kind of scratch his head so she they put that 
they they put it on us. It text from uh, Eli from uh, Peyton's mother wants him to quit scratching his head. Uh, I was kind of proud of their. Uh, I, I guess I was proud of the. I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of proud of the reviews that they got. I thought it started out a little too hyper, and uh, <laughs> I know what they were trying to do. Peyton kind of had access to John Gruden's plays. He played for John Gruden in a, in a Pro Bowl. And he knows that system, so he knows the terminology. So he kind of thought, and I think he was being coached, you know, they're trying to start this off. Wouldn't it be great to you kind of let the fans hear what what the quarterback car is hearing from John Gruden, who scripts the first 15 plays. So Peyton had, he didn't know the first 15, but he knew some of them and he knew the terminology. So he was doing that and it was pretty fast and kind of loud and hyper and I was kind of afraid everyone that's tuning in for the first time go, oh, my God, this the whole three hours is going to be like this. But <laughs> kind, of, kind of the start. It was a good idea. But I think people were glad that it kind of settled down a little bit. And and I think when it does does settle down, then he and Eli are just, just kind of watching the game together is what they're doing and commenting and maybe using some of the things they learned through the years that can help – the fans enjoy it. I thought having guests was good. I thought they had good guests and uh, thought the guests contributed. So uh, I, we're going to watch again. Uh, we're going to watch again tonight. Uh, you know, I hope they've ironed out a few kicks. Eli's uh, fire alarm went off in the studio. <laughs> where, uh, and somebody said it was 100,000 people thought their own fire alarm was going off at home. So it, it's always a few kicks to iron out. But I, I was proud of them. I think they can have fun with that. Where they get the humor from? Um, we know Cooper's the funny guy. Cooper's the funny guy. Cooper's the funny guy in the family, always has been. I think Cooper kind of taught Peyton how to be funny. When Peyton started doing something <laughs> that was supposed to be funny, and Peyton was kind of our serious one, I think Cooper kind of coached him a little bit. And so he's grabbed it. Eli's humor has always been just quiet and dry. You know, the kind of the, the Peyton calls him the silent assassin. Because he 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 just uh, he, he messes with people a lot and does the tricks with people in a quiet quiet way, but he, he does. I thought Eli ha- actually had the best line of the night late in the game when the Raiders pull their kicker off the off the field. Eli said they're icing their own kicker, which I don't think I've ever heard that line. It was a very entertaining game. And I think once Peyton found his rhythm and allowed Eli to get in a little more, everything worked really well forward to the Saints. They're going to be on Monday night football coming up and hearing those guys calling that game in late October will be really fun. Just speaking of the Saints, how do you think the team has done kind of two different games in week one and week two? But what do you think we can expect from them? Yeah, two totally Two totally different games, but you know that's football. That's football, and that's pro football. You just you just don't know. And uh, we're looking at it as Saints fans. We said, "Oh, the Saints laid an egg yesterday." But Carolina fans are looking at it and say, "Hey, how about our team? I mean, they got to be pretty doggone uh, excited to start that they've had. They got coaching his second year." We know a little something about their offensive coordinator here, who I think is very good. But I, I thought the thing I was so impressed with Carolina, we know they got a great little running back. That kid, that guy is, I mean, the Saints and Carolina may have two of the best running backs in, in football. But also, I'm a, I'm a big Sam Darnold fan. And we had him at the Manning Pass Academy years ago when he was a Southern Cal quarterback. 
and he went to the Jets, and we know a little something about the pressure of playing in New York. And Sam didn't play bad. They, they just didn't win many games, and they decided to use an early draft choice and get another quarterback. And he'll probably be good. But I knew Sam. Uh, Sam didn't bomb out, like which happens with quarterbacks. He did not play that bad at the Jets. They just didn't have enough to win the game. So uh, I can't say I was happy for him to have an outstanding game yesterday against the Saints. <laughs> But I am I am glad to see Sam playing well because I think he's a quality I think he's a quality quarterback and uh, uh, you know that's something uh, that in our division uh, the Bucks look awful strong again they really look good but Carolina is a much improved team in year two under these coaches um, that's the bad news good news Falcons don't look too good but you know you don't you don't know it's a long year. You mentioned Sam. Are you seeing nowadays I guess. I guess franchises being a lot more impatient with young quarterbacks and not allowing them to kind of work through some some rough spots. Yeah, I guess so, John. I, I think fans are less patient with young quarterbacks. For that, they, fans are not very patient with any any quarterbacks, young, younger, young or old. Um, yeah, uh, they. Um, you know, it's funny, it's, it's always the pressure to get them in there. And that comes from the fans and somewhat from the media, as you know. Uh, look what's going on in Chicago. Uh, I mean, that's that's a good-looking young player there, and he played well in the preseason. But they they chose – and I think they have a good coach in, in Chicago. They chose not, not to start him, not to throw him out there right away, probably because some things they saw in the preseason. I think it's one thing Eli pointed out last week when they were talking. There's some things – uh, in the preseason that he didn't grasp yet. He almost got himself killed. And so he said, you know, let, let's, let's let's pick a time. Uh, the Giants kind of did that with Eli back in, when was that, 04. I think he, he didn't start about the ninth game. So it, it's, it, it varies from team to team, uh, coach to coach. Uh, sometimes maybe probably a little something to do with the system that a young quarterback had in college. How much did he did they put on him there as far as changing coverage? How did what did they do with him and blitzes and changing plays and so forth? It's it's a lot. It's a big transition. It's a lot to learn. It's different in every case. But to answer your question, there's always impatience. There, there, people are not not very patient with uh, with a young quarterback. I want to ask you about two quarterbacks. You, a former quarterback, you have the passing academy. So definitely know the game very well. Give me your prognosis on Jameis Winston. And then, of course, we're going to have to ask you about your grandson, Arch. Well, Jameis, um, I'm, I'm a Jameis fan. Uh, you know, Jameis had a, had a couple of hiccups in college. Not, not, not on the field. He won a Heisman Trophy. Just a couple of hiccups there in his personal life. And so we had a Manning Passing Academy, and I, I found him to be a um, – I really found him to be a fine young man who was um, kind of remorseful for a couple of mistakes he made. He was – at our camp, he was uh, very intent on spending some time around Peyton and Eli and asking them a lot of the questions. And, and that's some of the things Peyton and I like to do at our camp is spend time with these college quarterbacks and – and kind of be there for them and answer questions and have some meetings and they work out some on the field. Jameis was definitely one of those guys. He, 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 wanted, to, he wanted to learn. He, he could tell he wanted to be a pro player. Um, 
So he's with the Bucks, and seems to you know he he's really had had a lot of production there. It seems everybody wants to point to his interceptions, and he did throw a lot of interceptions. But one thing Peyton pointed out to me: Peyton played for Bruce Arians. Peyton played for Tom Moore, who's Bruce, of course, being the head coach. There. He played for Tom Moore, who coached, played for Clyde Christensen for 10 games, who's who's an offensive coach there. And Peyton said when Jameis was throwing all his interceptions, he said, Bruce doesn't worry much about interceptions. He, he's kind of one of these guys that just keep chunking, just keep throwing it. And a lot of times, you know, you have that mentality. Sometimes you don't know, you know, the end of the game, you're playing catch up. Some quarterbacks really try to guard about having that three interception, four interception game. Some quarterbacks don't care. They just let it rip. And I think he had a, he had some games like that. So uh, I, I thought last year was a lot of value for Jameis being in the quarterback room with, with the Saints, with Sean and Drew and, and the coaches and the other quarterbacks, Taysom. Um he, he went out and won the job. You know, they watched him. They rated him. I, I read the paper every day, you know, they're comparing the stat. So he, he won the job. He had a, got off to a good start. Yesterday wasn't as good. It wasn't much offense yesterday. And I can assure you, if we can't run Alvin Kamara, and if he's going to get five or six yards on eight carries, Jameis is not going to play good. No quarterback's going to play good with, without a good running game, and especially the Saints. He is such a, a weapon. Kamara is such a weapon. They got to get him going. So I don't know what the problems were yesterday. You know, there's a lot of, I don't think this coaching staff uses excuses, but there's a lot of people that didn't play. Pretty rare to have about half your coaches not there. I think what you do is recognize that you kind of, kind of walked into a hornet's nest there in, in Carolina who played well. You're coming off a huge, unexpected type of game against Green Bay. And it's it's just football. You got people out. It's just just football. So now, it, I think next next week will be a real test. Going on the road again, uh, playing a New England team that's uh, not as good as the New England teams of the past, but still, it's a, it's a good young football team. Always with Bill Belichick, defensive team. So the Saints kind of got to make some adjustments. Be some, you know. And I think the other thing, the rest of the country doesn't know. We know it here. These guys haven't been home in a month. I mean, that's not – that is hard. That, and I know the Saints did it during Katrina. That was in a different way. But, I mean, they left here, you know, hoping they'd be gone for three days. They'd be, be back and start the season like normal people do. They hadn't been, hadn't been back. So, you know, young people, they got families there and everything. So, um, it'd be great to go on the road next week and get a win for Jameis to have a little better game and then come home, play in front of a home crowd and kind of get to get the season going in that respect. Okay, don't leave us hanging. We got to know. What's it oh, like seeing your part. grandson on ESPN already? <laughs> Arch is fine. Arch is fine. Uh, <laughs> probably a little too much attention. It's not, you know, he's not asking for that. Cooper's done a good job with all, you know, the, the, the recruiting world has changed so much since my other boys went through it. Uh, Arch is in his junior year. I can promise you when Peyton and Eli came on, Cooper too, who got recruited, th th there was nothing about recruiting until kind of toward the end of their junior year and the spring before their senior year. That's when all the, the letters came and the coaches coming by and talking about this and everything before their senior year. He's, he's just a, a junior right now, and he's already been through the – and Cooper held off on it when he was a freshman. He wouldn't let him 
make any visits or talk to any coaches or anything, but he had to start doing it a little bit last year. So now he's, um, and bless his heart, when he finally got to meet some coaches that had to be Zoom Zoom calls back during during the spring. So he finally made some visits in June, saw some campuses. And he's doing a little bit of that uh, this fall, going to some games, which is fun. And uh, so he's fine. He's trying to concentrate on his team. They want to have a good team and win games uh, for the second year in a row. Like all high school, I feel so bad for high school players in our area, all of them, especially some of the ones in the – in the areas that just got hit so hard. These kids, you know, they want to play and their schools have been flooded and and um, wind blown away and the equipment, some of them lost their equipment. I just feel so bad about it. But uh, most of them are out there playing and uh, I think that's the main thing. That's what Arch is, uh, is uh, really looking for. He, he's, a, he's a sweet kid. He's got his head on right and uh, hopefully he can stay healthy and have fun. Peyton mentioned that too. Main thing we want him to do is have fun during during this process. Every every child that plays high school football um, uh, really deserves to have a good experience. Archie, for for you, is it hard? Was it harder to watch? Is it harder to watch as a grandparent, or was it harder as a parent? Oh, I think a little, it was a little harder as a parent. Uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Just. Uh, um, it can be hard out there. You know, one thing, one thing I learned at the quarterback position, uh, it, it can be hard out there some nights and, and some days. And so the fact that I know that and, and uh, experienced it, and some days you, you look out there and, you, you know, I got a bunch of buddies that are coming to see him play, expecting all these great things and throw five touchdowns. And it, it, you can struggle. I mean, that's that – they, you know, when there's a good quarterback back there, defensive coaches want to get after him. They want to get after him. They want to disrupt everything he does. And so uh, I, I saw that a lot of Friday nights, saw it a lot of Saturday afternoons, Sunday afternoons. And um, I, I, I didn't holler and scream or complain. I don't, I don't, I don't, I keep my mouth shut. But you, so you kind of keep that bottled up a little bit. It can be hard. So I, I'm trying with Arch just to, uh, enjoy it uh, you know there's another thing people don't know his, his little brother's just one year younger he's the center this year he won the center job on the team we finally got an old lineman in the man <laughs> so i started his first game at center friday night and uh was playing against up against a big old guy so we we, I, we go to see how i play as well as arch well thank you so much for the time congratulations on two big anniversaries your first nfl game it's been 50 years and then 25 for the passing Academy. I know Saints fans always appreciate you are going to love to hear from you today. Okay. Thank y'all so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks again to Archie Manning for the time today. Really appreciate his insight on a variety of topics. John, what was something that stood out to you that you really found interesting in that conversation? Well, I like the fact that he could relate the way he played then to the NFL now. I thought that was great. And the thing that really struck me, though, is, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a parental role or a grandparent role, you know, whether or not the anxiety was the same for him watching his mm -hmm. grandson, because, you know, I can't imagine what that would be like. I mean, he's watched two of his sons play in the NFL, um, get sacked, get get hurt, get beat up a whole lot, you know, tackles. Uh, and now seeing, you know, seeing his grandson do it, and he seems a lot more calm about it now, I guess, you know, and maybe the years have taught him some to, to back up a little bit and, and to, to release some of that anxiety. So that, that kind of stood out for me.
And now he has a alignment, a center that's also on the field <laughs> that he has to worry about, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I don't know if any of us are ready for a Manning at center. So we got, we got to get used to that. Hey, I am just excited for more Mannings because I've enjoyed watching them play in the NFL. I've enjoyed watching them on the broadcast side as well. But we have that to look forward to Monday night football with both Peyton and Eli. It's been a crazy few uh, weeks here for the Saints, but we're going to be getting back to a rhythm after the New England game here as they'll be able to get back into town. Of course, we'll always be here with the podcast Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Myself, Aaron Summers, and John DeShazer. We really appreciate everybody tuning in. We look forward to having a couple more guests on this week to analyze this upcoming game against the Patriots. So we hope you guys will tune in. And of course, if you ever have any questions, thoughts, please hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'm at Aaron E. Summers. No, yes, that's right, at Aaron E. Summers. I always get it mixed up because all of my handles are different. John, where can uh, fans, listeners reach you? Yeah, just hit me on Twitter, at John DeShazer, and uh, that's where you can get me. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much for listening on this Monday. We'll be back with more uh, Wednesday and Friday right here on NewOrleansSaints.com or wherever you get your Apple podcasts. Thank you.